The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, the Craft House Brewery, Moonshot.com, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Welcome to the show. Emmy and Grammy-nominated comedian and actress Margaret Cho is always very busy. She recently appeared on The Masked Singer and on Law & Order. She hosts her own podcast. She continues her fresh-off-the-boat comedy tour. I've got Margaret Cho on the line right now in Los Angeles. Hello. Margaret, good morning to you from Las Vegas. How are you doing today? I'm how are you? Very good, thank you. I, you know, I recently saw a video of you doing stand-up in Montreal, and I don't know why this struck me as so funny, but somebody was signing for the hearing impaired on the side of the stage as you were uh-huh. doing, as you were doing the usual, you know, sort of risque material, and it was just funny to <laughs> watch this person signing as you're doing, as you're talking about these different things. I don't know why that just struck me as hysterical. Oh. I know. I love it. I love to play with that. That's really, they're, they're so fun. And I love that they're there for me, you know, but that's great. Yeah. Do you ever look over and go, oh my God, I can't believe they just did that motion. <laughs> yes, because they get so, they get so into it. And it's really, it's really hilarious. I loved your series going back a few years, All American Girl. And it, it seemed like a show that you really kind of had to do first, along with the show show, before you could really be you. Is that kind of a fair assessment? I think so. I mean, I think, you know, it was such a long time ago. And, and you know, we were so um, ahead of the game, all of, all of, the, all of us, you know, and uh, now there's definitely more diversity in TV. But back then that we were really the only thing. And so it was an incredible experience, but it, it was hard to do. Yeah. And what were you running into when it came to uh, network people, the suits, who, who you had to deal with? I think they were just really overly concerned about sort of the accuracy of what we were doing. Um, you know, but really, like culturally, you can't really th- sort of like think about authenticity when you don't have that representation anyway. So it, it was really challenging. Um, but, you know, now, uh, definitely, I think it would be great to do another Asian American family show. Um, hopefully, I'll get to do one at some point. But, you know, back then, it was very different. Yeah, I mean, are you in, are you in talks constantly about trying to get something together? Yeah, always. You know, there's always sort of that thing of, like, we, I just definitely would love it. And I'm always trying. So we'll see. Now, I'm assuming that Joan Rivers was a role model for you. Absolutely. And a very good friend. And somebody that I... looked up to and got a lot of knowledge from and a lot of, you know, kind of comfort from. She really helped me out. And so I'm really grateful to her for that. Yeah, I've talked to uh, Sarah Silverman and Kathy Griffin, and they say the exact same thing that, you know, we're females. And so how dare we also do this same type of material that the guys are doing? Yeah. And then you, you run up against that double standard, but Joan was always so incredibly generous with her advice and her time and her um, care. You know, she really loved us and the three of us in particular. I think that she um, just saw herself in us and, and really took care of us. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine what she had to go through back in the 60s? I, I still see, you know, video of her on the Ed Sullivan show. Oh, yeah. When she was pregnant with Melissa, she couldn't even refer to it because that was considered gay. <laughs> Right. It was such a different time. 
and uh, you know they were held up such different standards. So she had a had it really rough, but she really, she got through it and she paved the way for all of us. I've talked to you about this before, but you, that you have such a heartfelt connection with the gay community. And part of it gr- comes from growing up in San Francisco, I suppose, and, and many other things that happened to you as you were coming up, right? Yes. And I'm bisexual myself. So it to me is a family connection. It's um, right. something that, you know, it, it's, it's all about our own queerness and, and how um, we, uh, come through and, and represent, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm very, uh, the gay community and being part of it is really important to me. How do, was it that your parents came to run and own a gay bookstore? Well, they were very open-minded and they still are. Yeah. And, uh, I think that they, you know, they just wanted to have a place that was literary, that was part of the community, that was really kind of based on City Lights, which was a very famous bookstore in San Francisco. And so they wanted to be a part of that. You were hysterical in your portrayal of Kim Jong Un on Thirty Rock. I'm assuming Thank you, you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming you didn't get any congratulatory emails from the everybody's favorite dictator. Oh no, I'm definitely <laughs> not allowed to go to North Korea anytime. No. <laughs> Uh, I, I really had a good time doing it. It was really fun. Now, I've read all about the Law & Order episode where you're playing a what becomes a busted massage parlor manager. Obviously, this was pulled from real life, not yours, but was there somebody who played maybe a, a Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, lookalike? Um, I think that there could have been, <laughs> but no, not in this particular <laughs> episode. But it is based on that kind of a place, you know? Um, definitely. Uh, but it's in New York City. And this, yeah, this was a real story. And the real character that uh, I play uh, actually went to prison uh, for her crime. So it's really amazing how Law & Order does that. They they actually get things from real life and they put it on um, their show. It's really cool. It must be fun playing kind of a mean, angry person like that. It is. It's something that I don't really get to do. So for me, it's, it's a real honor, and I love the show, and I had a great time doing it. You were a contestant on The Masked Singer. I've talked to other people about being on that show. How fun was that for you? And, and could you actually tell anyone that it was you and your family or your friends? No, you couldn't tell anybody. You have to be really, really careful because they make you sign like a lot of agreement to uh, really safeguard their um, show, you know, and so... You really, everybody's asking too because the show is very popular. So you yeah. have to be very aware of it. Um, but yeah, I, I kept the secret. I love, I love a good secret. Like I'm never going to spill the beans. You know, I talked to Donny Osmond about this because, as you know, he was one of the mass singers, and yes, he said yes. he said he had a really tough time morally when his young grandson came up to him and said, "That's you, isn't it, Grandpa?" And he couldn't tell him. <laughs> I know. That's- you know, it's all in the spirit of good fun and fairness. You don't want to give it away, uh, but that's really sad. Uh, so your podcast, how much fun is it doing a podcast? Because I, I would imagine you're having a great time with it. Oh, I love it. Um, and uh, we have great guests. So tomorrow our guest is uh, Quentin Tarantino, who's a great nice. friend of mine and an awesome person to interview. So uh, I, I really enjoy the format. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so for me it's very... Um, I don't know. It's very gratifying to do one. I should know this, but has Tarantino cast you in something? I am in, uh, well, I was in Jackie Brown, but unfortunately, uh, my part's not in the movie. I got cut out. 
But yeah. uh, I would love to be in any of his movies. I love him. Yeah, I know that he shoots so much footage that a lot of people, it's the same thing. They were in it, but they weren't in it. It was it was cut in the end. Because I, yeah. I heard one. I mean, I heard Once Upon a Time in Hollywood actually went about four hours long, and he had a hard time trimming it down. Yeah, there's so many great things. And, and so, I mean, he's just amazing. And uh, what a great director and what a great person. He's such a great writer. And we have a long, long, long connection. So it was great to catch up with him. Are you currently on tour right now? I am. I'm always working, always going. Um I have a, a long list of days uh, to, to, sh- to do more shows. So I'm really, I, I mean, I'm really like very much a stand-up comedian. Like that to me is my identity. And so I love it. Will you be coming to Las Vegas anytime soon? I hope so. I love it there. I would love to come soon. We love having you here. Margaret, it's always great to catch up with you and, and good luck with everything you've got going on. Thank you so much. There she goes. She's always really busy. The wonderful Margaret Cho. Hopefully she's performing on a stage near you. That does it for this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofty. See you next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.